Hey, besties. So we're so excited for you to listen to today's episode. But before we get into it, this is another one with some heavy topics. So we're going to want to do a trigger warning for anybody who might not be in the headspace to listen to anything that might have notes of depression, drug addiction, or self-harm. Today's episode is just not going to be the right one for you. We will be back next week with something lighthearted and exciting, and we hope to see you there. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, my angel? I am doing. How are you? I am so excited to be here because we are about to go over one of our favorite albums, and we've discussed it so many times, so it's about damn time we get into it and give the people what they deserve. Now, that's the truth, if I've ever heard it. We are so excited to talk about this album in particular because not only is it one of our all-time, all-time faves, like Garrett says, but we've also seen this album, this show, twice in person now. We are so ready. We love this artist. We love her family. We love everything about this. So let's get into The Hardest Part by Noah Cyrus. Ugh, iconic. Like Chloe said, we've seen it twice in concert and a masterpiece it's kind of on the shorter side it's only 10 tracks but this is noah's debut album which is insane we all know noah's insanely talented so i'm excited to dive into her first complete piece of work absolutely and i think just knowing this album having it being her first there's so much maturity in this album it's so well sung, well said, well written, and everything flows together perfectly. It's really a perfect little album, and I'm glad that it is 10 songs because it's just just right the way that it is, and honestly, I don't know if I could have handled more. <laughs> exactly. So she opens up her album with track number one, Noah, in parentheses, Stand Still. And this track is the best opener that she could have picked, in my opinion, but I want to know your opinion about this track. I think this is the best way she could have opened the album. It's also one of the best songs from the album and the ability to literally like stab me through the heart and suck me in in the first sentence alone. She does it in such a powerful way. So she starts off the song by saying, when I turned 20, I was overcome with the thought that I might not turn 21. Right, right off the bat, like the first time I ever heard that, I think I literally just already started to tear up because I was like, that is heavy to start off with. And honestly, like I, for more reasons than one, it's a little relatable. So what about you, Garrett? I mean, like you said, that's a big statement to open up with. And she just gets into it. She says, death upon my doorstep. If I took just one more step, there'd be nothing left of me except these songs. So she's being so raw and honest with us and laying it all out. I don't know how a human can put these thoughts and feelings into words, but she does it in such a beautiful way and amazing. Like I have no words, honestly, speechless. The next line, we are gonna discuss her father. I really love when Noah writes about her father and her songs, and every time she has written about her father, when I listen to it, I feel better. I feel comforted. I always feel like the advice that he gives her that she then writes in her songs is good advice, and it always gives me like that little fatherly hug feeling. She says, and my father told me, Noah, when you don't know where you're going, just stand still. Soon enough, you will. And when all the hope and joy you feel turns into paranoia, because it will, remember, just stand still. And I just love that part. I love the advice. We're going to kind of get back into that a little bit later on. But I don't know. I just, like I said, I feel like it has like a comforting touch to it. And I think it matters more to me when I hear in songs artists who mention like siblings or family or parents because it, or real people that we really know are in their lives because it's just makes it so personal that you know that this is really coming from their heart exactly it is very personal and like you said she mentions her family a lot in this album and then right after that she continues and says six months sober but nothing much has changed life's not over but i'm feeling twice the pain and i'm not better 
but I'm not quite the same. It keeps coming, so I keep counting the days. And my grandfather told my father, it don't get easier, just harder. Yes, it will. Remember, just stand still. And I love that part. Everything she just I said. Too. Like, so mm-hmm. good. She touches back with the family, with her grandfather, her father. But then just saying, yeah, I'm sober. And a lot of people think when you get sober, like, everything becomes better, like, overnight. But she's sober, and the pain is twice. Like, she's feeling twice the pain. And I don't know. I think it's, once again, honest, raw, and just talent. I don't know how she can put this into words, especially knowing what we know about her past and what she was going through when she wrote this album mm-hmm. it's just very powerful to me and like it gives me full body chills i get chills the whole way through this album but especially this song and i totally agree with you and this is so beautifully written like this could be read as a poem and read just as deeply and i love this part too but i really love the part that comes after but she says just stand still and watch the sunset bleed with only dirt under your feet to feel. Just stand still. And then this part, 67,000 miles an hour around the sun, is, and that is how it feels. Just stand still in a universe that's infinite, yet everything gets lost in it, you will. Just stand still. And I love that too because one thing that Noah does so well is she'll take something that is a very definite but also commonly taken as like a sad or bad thing like death or the end of the universe or the fact that everyone you love is going to die or any of these things and she takes something that is normally typically so scary and ominous and she turns it into like a like a promise but not in a scary way anymore like she takes the fear out of it and makes it like a certainty that somehow brings comfort yeah it brings peace like i don't know how to describe it but you're right it's so strange and she's the only person in my entire life that i've ever known who can do that like i get more peace from some of the things that she says than i have going to church through my life and then and the things that they tell me about the end of life or what happens after or whatever it is sometimes just the way that she says it and the way that it comes through with her voice It just resonates so much for me, and I think it's so beautiful. But on that note, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. To track number two, ready to go. (laughs) So ready to go reminds me of a continuation of July. If you don't know July, we've gone over it and the end of everything review. But this song kind of picks up with that vibe to me a little bit. She starts with, I've lost all the words. Feels like my heart's been tied up. I wait till it hurts. I never can choose. Is it what I deserve for spending the last of my love on someone I knew that I'd always lose? Oof. I mean, come on. It's so good, but especially for spending my love on someone I knew that I'd always lose, that part gets me every time. And right after that, she says, I stay will burn till you leave first and that also just hits like a punch mm-hmm. so if you're ready to go yeah make your move no i won't follow see can you see why i compared it to july a little bit because it gives like oh, if you, yes if you leave leave like but i can't leave you you're gonna have to pull the trigger kind of and that's what this song kind of gives me like she can tell that the relationship's coming to an end but she just she can't be the she person to it. close that chapter yeah Yeah, I totally get that. And honestly, once you said it too, in my head, I'm seeing the music video of July and I can just superimpose it onto the song and it still works and makes sense. I totally, I never came to that conclusion or that connection on my own. But once you said it, I'm like, yes, I totally get that. But it's also a sad song. So this is another one of those times where like this, the song is a little more upbeat compared to some of the other parts of the album. However, when you think about it and you like dive into those lyrics, this is sad. This is, like you said, someone who's talking about a relationship, someone she loves, but she knows that it's not good anymore and she doesn't have the strength to end it, which is also like a sad thing in itself of, you know that it's not right anymore, but you can't be the one to do it. It's, that's tough. It's a hard pill to swallow. And she goes into saying one of my favorite lyrics from the song. She says, cause there's too many memories getting the best of me. I loved you first, but you'll be the first to leave. Like, what? How is she such a good songwriter? Like, 
God, mm. like it's actually insane to me. I loved you first, but you'll be the first to leave. Just the way she words that is just beautiful to me. And then she goes into to the chorus after that. But just the whole idea of if you're ready to go, just go. Some other notable lyrics for me. She says, I can't look at you or see past the ink on your face. The smoke in the room is stinging my eyes because there's too many memories getting the best of me. And that's where she says, I loved you first, but you'll be the first to leave. And when she says there's too many memories getting the best of me, that's her looking back and looking on all of the positive times, the good times. And that's what's making it so hard to let go. But, you know, I just got finished reading a book about like abusive relationships. And this is 100% one of the main reasons why people get stuck in abusive relationships, because you look back and focus on the good times no matter whether or not the bad times are overweighing them. You're fixating, obsessing, and romanticizing those good times. And she goes on to say, yeah, make your move. No, I won't follow. It's inevitable, and we both know that we're on borrowed time. How fast and far it flies. If you're ready to go, make your move. No, I won't follow. Like, she said what she said. She really did, and the phrase of like, yeah, we both know that we're on borrowed time. Yeah. And I feel like I could look around and look at a lot of couples, not even necessarily like personal couples that I know, but like on shows or whatever the heck, like, yeah, they're on borrowed time. Like it makes so much sense when she puts it that way. Exactly. So good. I love this song so much, but I'm ready to go to the next track, Mr. Percocet, which is honestly one of my favorite songs off the album. It's fun, but per all Noah songs, the lyrics cut deep. So I'm ready to dive into it. What is your thoughts on the song? This one is very, very intense. Again, there's also a whole nother level of it, a whole nother aspect, because we're getting into some personal struggles with addiction going on. And Noah has struggled with addiction herself, which she's open about, but she's also been with partners who have struggled with addiction, which she's also open about. And this song really says a lot to that. Noah is very open about her struggles with addiction, her past partner's struggles with addiction. So this song definitely touches on that. And she opens with, you are overly sensitive, so you won't say much. But my heart gets pulled into pieces whenever you're poured up. So right there, this partner she's with struggles with, not balancing, but struggles with they struggle with addiction. Yeah. Like right off the bat, we can tell that much. They struggle with focusing their energy on either numbing themselves or whatever it is that they're turning to these substances for. And they're putting that over their relationship and the love that they share with Noah in this instance. And she goes on to say, you're malevolent and benevolent. You're the devil that I revel in. I barely recognize you when you wake up in the morning. Must be someone else's eyes that I look into every night. You're only kind when you're all fucked up. You're only mine till the high is gone. But I wish you'd still love me when your drugs wear off in the morning. So this is a rare instance that I feel like you don't talk about as much or you don't hear about as much where it's like the person who's under the influence is the one that she's feeling more of a connection with. And then it's like when they're sober, there's disconnect. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is potentially even a more toxic version of the relationship than like, I, I'd rather be with the person sober than intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, this can just, I mean, it sounds to me like this could be such a slippery slope and like obviously such a toxic relationship. It's like, that's a scary thought to think that you would rather be with someone and, and they seem to be nicer to you only when they're intoxicated. If you're dating someone, you shouldn't have to worry about if they're sober, intoxicated, or whatever. They should love you unconditionally. And then especially when someone's changing that much from day to night, when it's that Mm -hmm. big of a switch, that's a red flag. It's not anything that we need to be a part of. So that's really sad. And then she goes in to say, I come second to every Percocet that you take. You want someone who worships the worst of your mistakes. Right there, that's my favorite lyric of the song. Second to every Percocet that you take. So she automatically knows she'll never be number one in this person's life. She's going to come second to a drug, which automatically, like I just said, a red flag. That's not anything you want to be a part of. And especially her being self-aware, knowing that they want someone who worships the worst of their mistakes. Like, you can't support someone that has an addiction. It's not 
sustainable. There's no longevity to it. So you have to either cut that or cut the relationship. There's no best of both worlds in that scenario. I feel like it's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Really. So all in all, this is, again, like a really heavy song, really heavy lyrics. She's really getting extremely honest and talking about something that's not easy to talk about. And she has firsthand experienced some of the worst repercussions from drug addiction and from addiction in general. So honestly, I think it's brave of her to even write this song and know that she's going to have to perform it on a regular basis because I'm sure that it brings up emotions and turmoil every single time. But all I can say is I hope that it's therapeutic for her and not triggering for her. I agree. I 100% agree. And I also want to mention the music video for this song is so good. So if you guys are interested, go check that out because it is top tier. Absolutely love. So now we're going to move on to Every Beginning Ends. And Garrett, I want you to talk about this one to me because I feel like this is one of the songs on the album that... I do still really love, but I don't listen to this one as much. I agree. This is also probably one of my least listened to songs on the album, but this song does feature her very good friend and co-writer PJ. So it's kind of like a back and forth between a guy or a relationship, in my opinion. I think it's a back and forth between a guy and a girl talking about their relationship. So they open with, you went to sleep without saying you love me. I guess I thought you already knew. You've been so cold and far from me, darling. Someone's at fault, but I'm not blaming you. So right there, you can automatically tell that they're going back and forth and kind of like a conversation, but what they're talking about is so sad to me. I think it's so sad that they say, someone's at fault here, but I'm not blaming you. Cause it's kind of like, I see this as like a really sweet relationship and I'm not even saying it's like mm -hmm. a bad relationship, but just like, I don't want to, trigger or like blame anyone because I love you but like something's not right here and we got to figure it out you know I think that's one of the reasons why I don't listen to this one as much is because it actually makes me sad but in like a sweet way it's like this would be the perfect breakup song to listen to but I'm not in that point in my life and hopefully never will be ever again so hopefully I'll never need to listen to it in that state in that way but it is so sad to say that someone's at fault but I'm not blaming you and it's got this like doesn't seem that long ago darling that we go the whole weekend and not leave our room and then this is my favorite part is you have to wake up every morning and choose to love someone but i'm finding that harder the more that i'm falling out of love with you it's so, oh, oh it's so sad but again it's so honest and so raw it's so honest like this is tough to read through. She says, you used to kiss me without a reason. Nobody's made me laugh like you do. We had some good times, didn't we, honey? But now every beginning is ended with you. Oh, like, I have chills. the songwriting is superb. But like Chloe said, this isn't a most listened to song because it is kind of a slower one. And like Chloe said, we're not in this vibe right now of a relationship <laughs> ending. But... A great song and just another example of Noah's top tier songwriting. Like, it's insane. Like I kind of touched on earlier, but this would be the perfect breakup song for like an amicable, loving breakup because that happens and yeah. those are real. And sometimes life gets in the way of love and it just becomes like a choice of reality or I don't know, love and passion or sometimes that love and passion dies, but it's not. There's no hard feelings. So I'm happy that the song is on the album. I'm happy that she wrote it. And Me too. I still do love it, even though, like we've said, not the most listened to, but I, I certainly still do love it. And every time that I listen to it, it definitely does hit me. Exactly. It does hit. It does hit. Now, I want to move on to the next song because I love the instrumentals in this song. It's track number five, Hardest Part. And when I tell you, you're gonna kind of have to listen to understand what we're talking about, but it's so intense. Mm -hmm. And it also just gives me the vibe of like the end of everything, like the title track of the end of everything EP. So I want you to get into it because I know you're obsessed with the song. What are your thoughts, opinions? Give it to me. 
So first things first, I'm wearing my hardest part t-shirt right now that says the hardest part. This song, going from one that I don't listen to as much, this is probably one of my most listened to from the album. And when Garrett's talking about those instrumentals, you know how they say sometimes like, oh, that lives rent free in my head. Like, oh, this plays 24-7 in the background of my head. I will never not be thinking about the way that this song feels the second it begins at a live show. Yeah. When they hit it with all those instruments and the lights and Noah and there's a drastic energy shift in the room, it is so intense, so powerful, so fucking awesome. This is Chloe's Roman Empire. It really, it so is. It really is. The hardest part. Okay, and also, ever since we've moved, Garrett and I have talked about this extensively, that this song has drastically changed meaning to us ever since we moved away. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It is literally kind of our anthem right now. So the hardest part of going home is facing that you're getting older and everything you've ever known is over. Is over. Like, what? That is the hardest part, actually. Right now, that is, actually. You're right, Noah. Again, she's telling one of those awful, awful truths, but telling it in a way where it's like, God, you're right. Like, you're right. You just have to accept it. It's the hard pill to swallow. It's the hardest pill to swallow, babes. It's intense. And then she goes back into talking about some family stuff. She says, down by the water where the auburn leaves were shining, holding hands with my father, And I swear I saw him crying because it's been so long and the days soon gone. And the hardest part of going home is facing that you're getting older. Like, ah, this paints a vision for me. This song, I see her in Tennessee on her farm with her horses. I can see her like in the forest with her dad, Billy Ray, (sighs) walking down to the river or something just it feels so wholesome but so personal like obviously it's kind of a generic feeling that we can all relate to but when she was writing this i just can't even imagine what she was feeling you know yeah this one gets me so hard she goes on to say in your eyes i see the fire that so long ago is burning through our smiles we try to hide it all the years that we've been hurting we don't get too long that's why i'm holding on yeah. This is one of those songs that it's like, remember to hug your mama. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And you know what? This, I don't think I've ever told you this, but this song always reminds me of one specific lyric from one specific Casey Musgrave song that hits me like a freaking arrow to the heart every single time. And you'll know the name of the song. It's that Christmas song where she says, going to going home for Christmas is harder because every year your parents are just a little bit grayer christmas always makes me cry by casey Musgraves. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad because it makes me cry every time now too i totally get that vibe it's emotional and it's especially emotional for us because i feel like it's just hitting us like realizing that this isn't a joke we're actually are getting older in the past 20 years like when i was 10 years old i wasn't thinking that my grandparents and my parents were getting older as in like getting closer to the end of everything it's actually so sad but now like it's it was live... sad before but now it's like real it's real exactly and it's just becoming our reality and it's a hard pill to swallow but by the end she is belting it out the hardest part of going home is facing that you're getting, you're getting older. older but then it's so magical because when she ends it off, it goes back to going so quiet again. And by the end, I am bawling my little eyes out. Boo. And I don't know what it is, Garrett, and I'm just not smart enough to even try to guess, but she also has this one specific instrument that's like, like a whistle or like some kind of a wind instrument that she plays that we hear live. And it's always so magical. And every time I hear it, I'm like, picturing being down by the river like on her farm like it feels very much and and she grew up in an area that geographically is really similar to where we grew up so i feel like i can actually picture that kind of a scene you know exactly yeah i totally get it transports me there 
I relate to her. We're like basically the same. So exactly. We were basically also grew up as neighbors, the three of us. Exactly. Chloe, I'm excited to move on to track number six. I just want a lover because this song goes hard and I'm obsessed. What are your thoughts and opinions? I feel like she chose to put this one right after the hardest part because she's already warmed up now. Yeah. Because this puppy starts off with, In the united hate of America, the hearts are just as broken as the nation. Yeah, she's pissed. Ooh, where all we do is tear each other down, trapped inside this permanent staycation. Yeah, I mean, I felt every single word of that one. Yeah. Felt, 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 felt. When she sings this live... I'm like blacked out. It's so good. I love this song. And she goes in to say, I can't believe I didn't see a mistake is just a state of my identity. And I believed that I'll never get it right. The twisting of the knife, the bend until the break, and then it all goes wrong. That's my favorite lyric. The bend until the break. Oh! And when she's performing it too, she's dancing to this song. She really feels it. and. The twisting of the knife and the bend until it breaks. I just feel it. I love it so much. Yeah, when she's dancing, she always does like a twisting motion with her wrist and she gets real intense with it. And I love it. I love it. So she goes on to say, a kiss and I go blind. Can't see. It's just my fate and it's unlivable. Yeah, I just want a lover who's in love with me. Not another liar making love to me. I'm sick of hoping... I'm tired of waiting. I just want a lover who's in love with me. And before we even dive into those, she then goes on to say, I picked my conscience over clarity and deal with the disparity. It's anarchy. And the narcissists all run at me with guns ablaze, no empathy, insanity. I can't. I can't. can't. Like, I can't. She goes on to say, I got a feeling I will never, ever get it right. It's so good. Dude, not another liar making love to me. I'm sick of hoping and I'm sick of waiting. I just want a lover who's in love with me. Like, she's tired of it. I'm over it. I actually want a lover. I want someone who's going to treat me with respect, with the love that I deserve. And she's calling him out. She's like, it's not really that hard. Like, I'm sick of it. Look at me. you know what? It worked because she found Pinkus. Exactly. So she got what she wanted. And... Uh, This is just a great song, Chloe. Like, I actually love it. It's one of my favorites off the album. It really is. It gets me hype. It makes me mad. It makes me feel a lot of things. And I just, like, I love this whole album. And I'm so glad she incorporated every song exactly where she did. She just Mm -hmm. knows how to guide me through my feelings and let me really, like, vent. Yeah. It's like a therapeutic journey. It really is. The roller coasters of emotions. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready to move on to Unfinished? Of course I am, because this is my favorite song off the album, hands down. It's really good. It gives me High by her sis, Miley. It's the same category in my opinion, but this song is next level. I know a little backstory behind this song. This song was actually written a long time ago, and she's had it in the vault, and she specifically knew that she wanted to include it on her debut album, and this is why it's here. And boy oh boy did she treat us with this it's so good so she starts off with you blew rings in your cigarette i undressed on the king size bed and you said baby you can take your time we got nowhere else to go tonight 19 and we're still afraid afraid of love and afraid of change but i felt you touch me in a whole new way fell into you like a leap of faith And I still remember the way we kissed goodbye. I guess I met you at the wrong time. So, (sighs) Chloe, just go over because I can't even talk. I'm speechless. So, knowing that this song was written so long ago, it makes sense when you listen to it and you hear it because this is very reminiscent of old Noah, which makes it so cool to me that she released it now because it's like getting a piece of her history. But it's also amazing how it's translated into today and it's still so mature and it's still so beautiful. It also reminds me just the way she's saying like you blew rings in your cigarette. I undressed on the king size bed. That's giving me July too. Maybe it's just because of the mention of the bed, but it's this like quiet moment between a couple on the bed where the conversation is not 
necessarily normal. Like it's something is going on here in this situation. But I want to talk about the next set of lyrics where she says, now I've got you on my mind. And I'm wondering tonight if we could have been more, but we were left unfinished. Though our night was beautiful, the streets were cold, but we were warm. And we could have been more, but we were left unfinished. So I feel like this is also, I mean, it's not necessarily relatable to me, but I feel like this song could be so relatable to people who had like a little fling situation or like maybe went on a vacation and met somebody or whatever, something like that. Yeah. And it just was never going to work but there was some real feeling there. I totally get that. It's very much like a fling, like a new love, a new spark, and like you want it to last, but like you kind of know it's not gonna go anywhere. And I kind of get that specifically in this lyric where she says, Mm -hmm. left you asleep there in the hotel room. I told myself that it was for the best. You live east and I live way out west. I've got a slideshow inside of my head of might have done's and what could have been's. If it was a purely hypothetical love, tell me why I gotta miss you so much. Right there, oh. right there. She's like, I have a slideshow inside of my head of what we could have been, what I wanted it to be. It's like a hypothetical love, but why do I miss it? Like, I knew it wasn't gonna happen. Why do I miss you so much? That's just like, I mean, I feel like it just goes back to what I said before, where like, you can totally meet someone where all of the chemistry and the feelings and the emotion and the connection is real, but like logically, realistically, for whatever reason, it doesn't work. And I think sometimes people make the wrong choice in those situations. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes, like she says, I fell into you like a leap of faith. I think there are times where people really could trust their gut and go with their feeling and quit their job and go do that thing. Cause I think at, on your deathbed, you're not going to have any regrets about, damn, I wish I would have worked more. I yeah. think it's all going to be, you know, what if in a total hypothetical scenario, since she's talking about hypotheticals, what if this scenario is real? She goes back home. She does her work. She never finds love again. And then on her deathbed, she's thinking, what could have been with that that one man that I met that one time or that one person? You know, it's just like, is it really worth throwing it all away for logic i don't know i agree 100 percent agree what do i know (laughs) what do i know now i want to get into my favorite part of the song it's the bridge and one thing about me is i love a good bridge and she pops off with this she says but we are left unfinished (laughs) all i've got is a memory it's a masterpiece but it's incomplete And I just fill in the empty space with a dream of what we'd be if I had stayed. You're kidding me. With a dream of what we'd be if I stayed. That's insane. I literally, when she sings it to she, obviously I couldn't hit the note. I couldn't find the note. But she finds it and hits it in the song. And it's so good. And when she sings this live... It's crazy. I literally am blacked out on the floor. Like it's so good. Like she goes <sighs> cuckoo nuts. She goes crazy. She goes wild. She does. This whole song is just like the man. The what ifs? They'll kill you. They'll eat you alive. What else that randomly pops into my head when I listen to this song is like Jack and Rose from the Titanic. Like that's the biggest what could have been story that like most of us in our generation know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, damn, what could have been if they would have shared that door? (laughs) Exactly. I wish she would feel confident and, like, feeling that she made the right decision. But, I mean, everyone has that feeling about some type of relationship they've gone through or experience they've gone through in life. something, yeah. Yeah, so. Definitely. I wish I could be a secret fly on the wall and know who are we talking about. Because for all we know, it could be, like, another major celebrity that she had just a one-time fling with. You have no clue. That's true. This song's so good. This is a song I want everyone to go listen to because you'll get the full vibe if you actually hear it. And I think this is a perfect way to lead us into the next song, which kind of takes a little shift back into a little slower vibe. And I will say at the concert we saw a couple weeks ago, this song made me ball out of any of them. And which is funny because before this concert, this song really wasn't on my radar that often. I wasn't really going to it. But ever since that concert, I go back to this song because when she was singing the song, 
I felt like she was singing it to me. It was scary. I was like, wait, like I'm hearing every single word so clearly and it's painting a picture in my head. And I just like felt connected with her in this moment. And I also know Chloe, you really like this song. So I'm gonna let you start it off. I think this is probably one of my favorites. If not, maybe my favorite off the album. I don't know if I can say that, but I know this is my dad's favorite off the album, which spoiler alert, my dad loves Noah Cyrus, especially this album. And I believe he owns owns this album on CD, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. That. As um, he should. So the song is called My Side of the Bed and it will literally just make you cry. This is like a song where I feel like she's expanding on one tiny sad private moment Mm -hmm. and it feels like you are in that room with her and so she starts it off by saying I spend all night on my side of the bed with my knees and my toes hanging over the edge because I know you want space it's not what you said but the way that you said that you're fine when you rolled over in your sleep I thought you were leaving me I know it's not you. I believe there's something missing in me. First of all, I want to say this song, in my opinion, is her best vocally, which I want to clarify on that because there are other songs on this album where she really like belts it out, like we've already said, but I think her vocals are so beautiful and they're like haunting in this song. And it's really slow and it's almost a whisper at certain points and it just really triggers my emotions. And so I love the way she sings this and me reading these lyrics won't even come close to how it feels when you listen. So I would, I would love it if you guys would listen to this one, but just hearing her say, I think there's something missing in me. I believe there's something missing in me. It cuts me like a knife. I think I've said that like 10 times, but it does. It's deep. The song's a lot and like you said her songwriting in this stands out her vocals stand out in this song and she also talked about it at the concert and she said this song is what really helped her break through and actually get to the core of this album and i believe this is one of the first songs that she wrote for it so i love knowing that but also these lyrics she also says you shifted your weight in the seat and i thought you were leaving me but I'm just too fragile to speak. There's something broken in me. We all want the same thing, to love and be loved. It's a hard pill to swallow that you're not enough. So I put on my coat, the world's cold and it's rough. And if you're gonna make it, you gotta be tough. But I'm not. My heart's paper thin and the softest of words can send me spiraling. So I guess that my question after all of this would be, are you leaving me? When I tell you, when she says, my heart's paper thin and the softest of words can send me spiraling, I literally don't know if I've ever related to anything more. Like when I, when that connected in my brain for the first time, when she was singing it, tears. I was like crying at the concert, dude. Like that's so honest and i relate to it so much just for different reasons in my life and then she the lyric before that and if you're gonna make it you gotta be tough but i'm not and like she's like i'm not and what like what do i do because i'm that's not me and if i i'm not gonna be able to make it if i can't handle it and i don't know i just i don't know how to describe it but this song really is a masterpiece and like chloe said i would love for you guys to go listen to it because us just reading it isn't ever going to do it justice seriously i second everything that garrett just said for me the lyrics that stick out the most hearing her say it and when i listen to it and it reverberates through my cells when she says i believe there's something missing in me i i think there's something broken in me like garrett just said the world's cold and it's rough and if you're gonna make it you gotta be tough but i'm not my heart's paper thin and the softest of words can send me spiraling like that's i'm just a baby yeah that's how i feel like it's just also 
I think it's really interesting because everyone's just so different and me, you, and Noah are all Capricorns, so I think that might be why we relate to it so much, but like words can affect people and if you don't know that you need to learn because some people you can say something to someone and it can ruin their day and they can spiral in their head about it and you would never know so you just have to be careful about that and i don't know like the song just so good well and i'm glad you even said that because also people are different like for me i feel like i can be fiercely protective and even confrontational if I ever had to be if it was someone that I loved who was being attacked or I felt like something was happening in that regard like if anyone ever said something to Garrett and I was there and I didn't like what was said it would be like oh Chloe's gonna shut the house down like this isn't gonna be good but then like someone could that same person could say something mean to me and I feel like I would just crumble right there potentially vice versa so, I agree. Yeah, yeah so it's just like Garrett said you just have to be careful with words sometimes and also it's good that in the time when we're growing up people are becoming so much more aware so much more educated on mental health issues and things like that because you really never know what's going on and it doesn't matter if someone's life aesthetically looks like it's perfect and everything is great you have no freaking clue what's going on in someone else's head and I said this the other night about myself like I will always be my own biggest enemy like I will always be the person who is tearing me down more than anybody else and from the outside if you didn't listen to my podcast and you weren't one of my friends you wouldn't know that about me so exactly you know you just never know my biggest enemy is me Papa 911 like Gaga Again, like another girl who just gets me, like Jesus. My biggest enemy is me. Papa nine one one. I wish I had a nine one one to pop. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Jk, Jk. But this whole album is about how we don't need to be abusing substances. Exactly, exactly. But is that what it's about? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's a great song, and I'm excited to get into the next track because it was actually the lead single off of this album, and it is "I Burned L.A. Down," which I think this song can be explained the best by saying it's a grower. It like starts slow, but by the end, she's like built it up so much that it's amazing what are your opinions chloe she's not a shower she's a grower exactly amen (laughs) this one is another one that's really powerful to hear her sing live definitely and this time she talked about it a little bit more on stage before she sang it for this most recent concert and she's literally looking over across la and the fires that were going on and the wildfires i should say that were going on and she's watching like just deep in the mountains it's just all burning red fire and it's terrifying and she began writing this and you know it's crazy that her and her sister Miley have both experienced such like severe trauma regarding fire it's kind of a crazy coincidence that that happened I guess it's not so coincidental based on maybe where they live and just like the climate but it's that's that's really heavy imagery to even think about and so she starts the song off with you left a hole in my chest when you left and my heart followed you out the door and i stood and bled in the hall watched it all and the mess that it left on the floor and i think that what i'm about to say is a really common theme here in the song this reminds me of ready to go this reminds me of my side of the bed this is reminding me a lot of some theme she's feeling she says if i gave you less would you want me more Mm. and you could have said anything at all as in like you could have said anything and it would have made me forgive you stay move on move past it love you again but then she says embers in the dark can look just like shooting stars to a bitter broken heart oh i wish i hadn't burned the city down because you didn't care no you didn't care yeah i burned la down and you left me there Oh, you left me there. It's sad. It's really sad. I love the lyric, if I gave you less, would you want me more? Yeah. Powerful. And this next part always goes crazy in her live shows because everyone listening knows what an intense lyric this is. She says, I waste my breath on a prayer. You don't care. I was never a part of your plan. 
And you can't make a god of somebody who's not even half of a half-decent man. Mm. Not even half of a half. <sighs> it's intense, and it also just goes to show that like love can make you do crazy things and put someone who so doesn't deserve it on a pedestal. And I've seen it happen. It happens all the time, every single day. Love is one of the craziest emotions, craziest things on this planet sometimes. It really is. Oh, and then the even the chorus is so good. She says, Embers in the dark can look just like shooting stars to a bitter, broken heart. I love that. Embers in the dark from a fire can look like shooting stars. Like, you can convince yourself that love is something that it's not. Even though mm -hmm. the signs are clear and from a different perspective, you can tell what it is, but you're just kind of blinded by it and you will make yourself believe that it's love when it's really not. I think love is literally probably the most blinding thing Yeah. on this planet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so crazy. So next, we have a really special song and I want Garrett to tell you guys about it. And I know Garrett absolutely loves this song. I really do too. I feel like this would be a perfect song to play at my funeral one day. But Garrett, why don't you take over and tell us about Loretta's song? Well, you took the words out of my mouth. I want this song played at me, my funeral because this song is very peaceful. I want to start by saying that it really does bring me a lot of peace, but it is about her late grandmother who passed away and it's very sad, it's very personal. And I can tell just by listening to it that it's very personal. So she starts off by saying, when I'm gone, don't cry for me. When I'm gone, don't cry for me. I've waited so long, now I'm free. So when I'm gone, don't cry for me. And like I said at the beginning, that's very peaceful, but it's also very sad. This is another example of what Noah does by talking about a very big topic, but making it digestible for everyone that can relate to it. And then she goes on to say, lay no roses on my feet, cause where I'm going, he waits for me. So lay no roses on my feet. And we know her grandmother was very religious. And I've heard this story from either Noah or Miley, but they talk about how their Nana was always in full glam because if she ever passed away, she wanted to be in a full mug for Jesus when she met him. So <laughs> I love that. And I know this was a very hard song for Noah to write, but so powerful. And it makes me think of my grandparents and how much I love them and how it's a part of life, but obviously it's going to be sad, but you can, she kind of like, she kind of pulls me back to reality. I can spiral, obviously everyone can, but I feel like this song is very good for kind of pulling you back down. It's that kind of feeling of like, oh, they're at peace now. Yeah. You know, you can take that and that can give you some peace knowing that, you know, either they're not suffering anymore or if they are religious, if you are religious, oh, they are with Jesus or whatever God or in whatever heaven or in whatever idea of peace that you might have for them, it gives you some calm during the grief and the storm that comes from losing a loved one. And I really take this whole song as like, this is her grandmother's perspective after she's already passed. Yes. You know, I 100%. mean, obviously like when I'm gone, don't cry for me, lay no roses at my feet. But I love the way that she sings it because again, it's just giving you that peace and comfort of, okay, like she's with him now. She's, at peace. Later she says, don't sing those old sad songs. They're keeping you from moving on. Just keep Jesus on your mind. You do your dancing, drink your wine. Cause life's too long for to keep regret and love's too strong to lay down for death. I know you're hurting, but it's not the end. So hold on, darling. I will see you again. I'm like getting choked up. It's so sad. Um, It's so sad. I love how she says life's too long to keep regret and love's too strong to lay down for death. And something that I heard recently, and this is not gonna be an exact quote whatsoever, but Andrew Garfield, the guy who plays like Spider-Man, he's an actor, he's been in a lot of different stuff. His mom recently passed away and it was very, very hard for him. He was very close with his mom. And I think it was Jimmy Fallon. Um, someone was interviewing him and was like, look, I know it was very recent. I don't want you to talk about it if you're not comfortable, but I did wanna say, my condolences for your mom's passing and Andrew Garfield said something along these lines but I think it was one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard 
he was saying that grief is really just all the love that you have for that person that has nowhere to go now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just all there and you feel it all at once sometimes. And you still have all that love and it's too strong to lay down for death. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't just go somewhere. It's still there and it stays there. And I think that this is such a beautiful song. I think it's so well written. I think that this is one song that literally every single person could relate to, whether you're religious or not, whether you've lost your grandmother or not. Everyone has experienced loss and how hard it is to like move through the grief. I totally agree. Like This song makes me literally cry. It's so good. And I want to touch on the last lyric that she actually ends the album with because this is the last track of the album. She says, Hold on, darling, I will see you again. And Noah talked about this in an interview she did, and she says, I think she was talking about religion or something, and she was like, I just have to have this idea that I will be seeing these people again because I've lost so many people in my life that I couldn't survive if I knew that I wasn't going to be able to see them again. So knowing that piece of information and knowing that she ended this whole album with this lyric is very deep, and it's very emotional and when we saw it for the first time in Atlanta she added like a gospel song at the end to it and the whole audience was singing to it and it was just a very emotional experience and overall I think it was a great way to end the album and it was a very personal touch but I'm happy that she included it and it just made me feel closer to her you know it was a personal touch on top of a very personal album but this was a different type of personal that I think is potentially even more painful and hold on what is this uncle lily liked your mention of them in your story shut the fuck up <gasps> shut the fuck up shut the fuck up <laughs> chloe what if you listen to the podcast i'm gonna go <laughs> we gotta finish this okay um um, well, Should hold we on. leave that in and tell them yeah breaking news guys uncle lily liam Noah's head guitarist just liked our message because we posted an Instagram story mm-hmm. of us all together and he just liked it so we will keep you updated if anything else happens but that's breaking news that literally just happened that's super exciting so hopefully he's listening to NC and NC and if you haven't listened to that go listen because it's a great episode and what a great way for that to happen right at the end of the hardest part album review just hold on, darling Noah, because we're going to see you again. We are going to see you. <laughs> I we can are. promise you. We are. Ugh. Well, on that note, I think that's a wrap on the album review, you guys. Um, definitely a, a sadder album, a heavy one, but one that we're so glad she shared with the world. Definitely one of the most beautiful pieces of work she's ever done, in our opinion. And we couldn't love her, her music, or this album more. That's why it was so nice. We had to see it twice. Exactly. Iconic. It's one of our favorite albums. And I'm so happy that we finally got to go over it with you guys. As am I. And on that note, we love you guys for listening. We hope you follow us on Instagram at efbf podcast and we hope you like and subscribe and download and tell all your friends we are available on spotify and amazon music and we love you for listening we sure do we will see you guys next episode good Goodbye. Mwah. Mwah.